Sunez swore his personal loyalty and his obedience to Atollus. He swore his state to Atollus's service in the event of war, external or internal. He pledged his men to Atollus's armies and his treasury to Atollus's support. He swore on behalf of himself and his heirs loyalty to any heir of Atollus, binding the two nations together permanently. Atollus, in his turn, promised to protect and defend Sunus and his state, to preserve Sunus's autonomy in all matters internal to the state, to make no interference in Sunus's authority except as it affected the needs of Atolia. Sunus bowed over the king of Atolia's hands, kissed the backs of them both, and held the real one to his forehead. Atolus pulled him close to kiss him on the brow, and the court clapped in congratulations. It's like a weird marriage, isn't yes. it? Yes. I'm Noel. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's February 21st. 2021. So I have a question about this oath. Why is this oath hinging on Atolus and not both Atolias or like the ruler of Atolia? Beyond. It is very specifically. Like she's not she, even taking. She's part literally. In she doesn't even ascend. Yeah, to the she's throne. not even on the dais, which is. I just. Yeah, she spends the whole time like, well, that's none of my business. Yeah, because, you know. I mean, I, the only explanation I can really think of is, like, okay, we're reverting back to, like, the man is in charge and he's the man in this relationship. But, like, that also doesn't satisfy me. Sophos, he specifically swears loyalty to Atolus. And that's part of it, part of the deal from the very beginning. That's something that he specifies to his barons. It's always baked into it. And, I mean, to me, like, the result is that... Atolia is the queen of Atolia, and she's handling the internal affairs of Atolia as Sunus is handling the internal affairs of Sunus and, and Edis over Edis, etc. Uh, and then Jen is sort of this separate person. Hmm. In, on his own level. Mm. You could make an argument that the structure, like, allows for that, but I still don't really feel like that's what we really see in day-to-day -day practice at all. I don't know, even, like, I I just promised you before recording that I wouldn't jump too far into Return of the Thief, but we see it even more there. Like, one reason I can think of for distinguishing between the two of them is Atolia, as a ruler, already has a potentially fraught history with the country of Sunus and Edis, whatever. I mean, we know about Edis, obviously, but maybe he swore allegiance to Atolis instead of Atolia because... He thought the barons would like this newcomer better than the queen that they already hate. Yeah, because it's so different than if Jan and Irene were, like, together becoming king and queen over the other two countries, because that's not what's right. happening. She's staying exactly where she is in terms of, like, the official amount of power that she has. And it's only Jen... Who's Which changed. is a very, I feel like that's a very bizarre political choice to make, because what if he dies? And then are they going to come out and try and wordsmith this, saying like, oh, well, he swore, I mean, the Sunesians, would they try to argue, you know, we swore loyalty to Atollus? I mean, yeah. I think that the hope is that they're going to have kids. 
We learn at the beginning of Return of the Thief that Atolia devised the oath of loyalty in that book to specifically have Jen as the linchpin so that Jen can't risk himself in battle. So I guess we need to ask, did she have this in mind at this time too? Because there really, we have to think, isn't too much time lapse between these two scenes of oath taking. So like, but Sunus is taking this oath and he's Sunus again. We are back in third person. Sophos is Sunus. And um, he's, he's, he's getting ready for this official oath taking, which is very marriage like. They say the vows and then smooch. And uh, there's a scene of him getting dressed, which is great. Love the fashion. And they have uh, gold hair powder for luck. Sunus is offered one earring by Ion, so it seems men wear one earring and women wear two as a fashion thing. Interesting. Ion pulls out a, a new clothes for Sophos, and it says that he pulls them out of tissue paper. And I was curious because I didn't know if that was an anachronism or not. I mean, I know we have a lot of things from different eras, and it's difficult to like exactly pinpoint this because it's a, it's a fantasy world and she didn't always follow hard and fast rules but that seemed like one that stood out and I couldn't quite figure out how long tissue paper for wrapping things up has been in use so if anybody knows drop us a line we get Eudice's uh, iconic opinions that we've quoted all the time she's says, I have started a war of my own, sent my cousins to die, taken food from the mouths of widows and children to feed my army. We are not philosophers, we are sovereigns. The rules that govern our behavior are not the rules for other men, and our honor, I think, is a different thing entirely. Difficult for anyone but the historians and the gods to judge. I really love that um, this book and, and all of these books really, they introduce those ideas and they explore those questions but they aren't really drawing any sort of conclusion and that's really nice because I think a lot of the time books for children are expected to moralize there's there's some of my favorite uh name switcherooing here they uh uh Sophos comes and sees Jen for the first time Eugenity said you shot the ambassador you gave me the gun, protested Sunus. I didn't mean for you to shoot an ambassador with it, Eugenides told him. Oh, how our carefully laid plans go astray, murmured the magus. You shut up, said Jen, laughing. Said Jen! Yeah. He's Jen in yeah. that moment. And he's having a genuinely, no pun intended, uh, like, moment of genuinely. connection. He's laughing, he's happy, he's talking to his friends who he knew as Jen years ago. Edith and Sunus both refer to him as Jen in their own conversation after he's telling her um, everything that's happened since he left. This is the romantic Sophos and Helen yeah. chapter. They agree they're gonna get married, but Edith wants to talk to him first and he just gonna interrupts her and they go to the ceremony and whatever. She tells him when they're back in private, I knew that Jen would want, like, if the two of us get married, that means Edith is going to be a vassal state of Atolia also. And mm. Sophos says uh, that he 
Well, I don't have the quote here, but um, he says he cannot allow Jen to make himself a great king over all three countries. Um, and Edith says, like, I see, and leaves. So she's angry at this point, and he realizes this is dumb, and goes to apologize and says, I was stupid, I'm sorry, it was wrong of me to think that I could allow or disallow anything you choose to do, you are Edith. And she gives him, like, a fake smile and keeps walking. And then he has this beautiful romantic speech that starts with, I should have had more faith in you. I understand why you are angry with me because I disappointed you. Um, and then after that, it says, Edith stared at him for a long time, knowing that forgiving someone because you have to is not forgiving him at all. So I've never really understood why is she still mad? And is she... Why is she so disappointed by this one outburst of his that he apologizes for two minutes later? If soon, if Sophus's interpretation of her anger is accurate, I don't know. Yeah. And Edith stared at him for a long time, knowing that forgiving someone because you have to is not forgiving him at all. That seems to be Edith's POV. Yeah. Which is kind of stuck in here in this chapter that's mostly Sophos. And it's an odd state meant because we haven't really been exposed to the idea that Edith has to repair her relationship with Sophos before and I think that that maybe that's the crux of it like she she loves Sophos it's wonderful for them personally that they're getting married but also Edith needs this she needs this for her country mm. yeah um and so there's there's a, uh, a a tension even though what she wants to do lines up with what she should do or has to do or is expected to do still the fact that she should do it or is expected to do it or has to do it is grating and i think that mm. maybe even this little or relatively speaking little uh, uh disagreement or or uh you know this disappointing thing that he does it reminds her that uh like doesn't matter if it doesn't work out between the two of them personally. It has to work out. Mm. Uh, and so, like, all of their... All of their disputes and the resolutions of their disputes are going to be colored by that. And so she doesn't want to forgive him because she has to. She wants to forgive him... To forgive him because she mm -hmm. wants to. We have the segue. This is right where the chapter cuts off where... This is the point where she decides to lead him to the library. And if my country were going to get destroyed by a volcano, I would be on edge, too. True. <laughs> I'd maybe snap. I'd snap at a guy. And this is like the one, maybe the second time only we ever see her mad about anything anyway. So like, not trying to, to invalidate Edith Helen's emotions. Just wondering. 
I love his big romantic speech oh, is, is so good. It's a big romantic speech, but also it's so like he, he talks about his gift of always knowing when he's made an ass of himself. And he says, I used to watch other people making idiots of themselves and they never seemed to know it. He's so judgy. Yes. Talks about the black beetle of self-doubt. He hadn't felt its claws for months now. It's interesting. He's kind of... Well, no, we've been talking about how he's been getting more confident this whole time. Mm -hmm. Oh. He's also doing this in front of people. Yeah. All of her attendants. This is in the... Is this in the hallway? Yeah. Yep. It's in the hallway. <laughs> and they're all armed. Also, he notes when he, like, runs around the corner and almost gets... Uh, a pike or whatever it is into him. God, the gossip must be great. They never run out of things to talk about. Yeah. It's amazing that rumors ever go around that aren't true because there's. <laughs> it seems like there's no end to the ones that are. But you only ever get, like, half of what's really going on. Like, anyone else in the hallway would hear this half of this argument about I don't care how stupid I am right now, but you need to forgive me. And they're like, ooh. What does she need to forgive him for? What did he do? And they could make it just as crazy as they want. <laughs> and Sopho says that uh, he thought when they met that Helen and Jen would get married. And then he says, like to explain that, he says he has saved Atolia. Which I think is a nice, like, indication of just how well Sophos is coming to know Atolia too. That he can really, he can see from his interactions with her you know what a benefit mm. her relationship with jen has been that he knows enough to say that also if he has saved atolia then she has saved him as well and i've told her as much also in that scene we get jen and i are too close to marry eyes emoji <laughs> what do you mean helen Oh, also, uh, when 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 Sophos gets the 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 nice linen shirt from Ion, he says that it's so delicate that you can easily see the shape of his arms through it. Which uh, I I really want us all to just remember how beefy he is when we picture that. This bunny is a beefcake, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, one more thing, um. Sophos, I think it's Sophos, uh, or, you know, in, in the, the narration that's from his perspective, talks about the oath ceremony having gone off of its careful scripting, which is another, um, some theater imagery for ya. Oh, and, uh, one last thing from that scene I wanted to bring up was, um, was, um, when... Sophos says, congratulate, congratulate me, my king, I'm going to be married. Um, and Jen has to say no to that. It says about Jen, his... Oh, yeah. Another thing that they just didn't discuss privately. Yeah. Like, You're in front of 400 people. Jen's like, I'm going to spring it on him. Sophos didn't think to bring it up to Jen ahead of time. Jen didn't bring this up to Sophos ahead of time. And it's to a certain extent, I feel like Jen is, he's hiding behind all the pomp and circumstance here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's easier for him to do this in his king persona 
um, his his king sona, one might say, um, then it, it would be to to just have to break that news to Sophos. Uh, mm. Although you, you feel like, it feels like Jen and Helen have to have talked about this. Yeah, and we we know they have because Helen says so. She says, I wasn't unaware of Jen's requirement when I accepted your proposal. So, like, I mean, she was she yeah, was trying which, to get a word in edgewise this whole chapter to warn Sophos. You know, it's not as easy as saying I do. She was trying to yeah. tell him the whole time, like, I need to unite Edis. Sophos is the only one who's surprised. Jen knows that Helen knows that Jen knows that Helen knows. Some of us and the other 500 spectators. <laughs> Oh, oh, and Sophos calls him my king. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. I do sort of viscerally bristle at it, though. He says that, and I'm like, no, you're king, Sophos. You don't have to say that. chapter 21 next time magic library send us your comments questions and thoughts chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com be blessed in your endeavors thank you for listening this has been an amateur embroidery production find us on says that out loud.